Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance. It's true. Hello and welcome to True Romance. This is Carolina Barlow, and I am joined by my my little redheaded saint, little angel, sweet cookie. Um my cookie, Devin Leary. Okay, I strongly disavow that nickname, but thanks. Devin, I I think you're aware, and I know you're counting down the days, um, but I'm turning 31 on April 23rd. Congratulations. Can you believe it? Congrats. Yeah. I have to say, um, after almost dying uh, a week before my... 28th birthday I have a completely different view on age I'm yes I almost joined the 27 club I um now am just very grateful I'm still here on planet earth and can still participate in birthdays I can still be on Instagram I can sell my stuff on Poshmark I can take a walk with my dogs I can uh, eat donuts there's so <gasps> much to do yeah. So it's not it's okay to turn 31. I'm I'm very grateful. That's a beautiful sentiment and I am grateful that you are turning 31 and and that it's not you. No, no, no. I I don't even care about that. I feel like actually I know that this will be really annoying to everyone who's not in their 20s any anymore and they'll probably be like shut the fuck up you piece of shit and that's fine but that's normally what people feel like around you <laughs> i know as usual the people who listen to this podcast will think i wish devin would shut the fuck up because she's such a piece of shit a piece of shit no but i i feel so done with my 20s i'm in a huge place of uncertainty right now where i feel like i've chosen like a career path that's not really like stable and I'm constantly questioning it. I have no way to plan for my future. I'm like freelance looking for a job, have no idea when I'll have like 
good insurance again or like what so i'm kind of over this 20s part of my life and i actually feel like the pandemic has mentally aged me many years because when the news came out that people 30 plus could get vaccinated in (laughs) new york i texted it to one of my best friends from high school and i was like oh my god like we can get vaccinated and she was like I'm not 30. I'm your age. And I was like, wait, neither are you. We're not 30. (laughs) Like, wait, we're still not even 30. Like, this is so unfair. I don't think that's a weird thing to say. I, I don't want to do my 20s over again. I, you couldn't pay me. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that I, there's some times I miss, I miss going and partying when partying was fun and good. And I, and I miss going out in New York City to like a diner with you and Holly and Beth. I mean, those are times I miss, but they have nothing really to do with youth. They just have to do with us all being together. And I don't miss being unsure, but I'll, but I will say everything you're going through is stuff that most people go through. Right. Everyone you see who's been successful has at one point eaten pasta without being able to afford sauce and being sick of butter pasta, but it's only $2 to buy a box and it just is what it is. And and not knowing if you'll be successful or even just stable or will have insurance. I think a lot of people go through that and we often feel alone being so unsure of the future, but it's actually just a part of, I don't know staking your ground saying this is what I want to do okay well my one question for you is do you recall Hurricane Sandy when we were in an apartment with no power and no water and somehow your boyfriend at the time made us butter pasta (laughs) for dinner Uh, I just want to shout out again to Yoni Shrira one of the best exes in the game just a very very sweet man and I will say Starting to date him in a blackout and a hurricane was one of the more romantic times in my life. And I will forgive the fact that everyone in the house was so mean to me and we were all rationing cigarettes and hiding them from each other because we were running out. And Wait. I remember, don't get me, okay, don't get started on how I Do don't you finish a cigarette. want me to even go there because this is one of your worst egregiousnesses, egregiousnesses in all time. Devin and our friend Holly hate that I can smoke half a cigarette and then throw it out because they think I'm wasting cigarettes, which I think it's factual. A cigarette is a dollar at at least for in the city. A pack of cigarettes is fourteen dollars divided by 10 cigarettes. So a a cigarette is a dollar fifty. Smoking half of it is wasting seventy five cents. Okay, I hear you. And and I it was. And what do women make? Seventy five cents on the dollar. So it's wasting a dollar. It was also just really bad because we were running out of cigarettes. It yes. was so funny, though, because we were people were hiding cigarettes in Devin's apartment. I opened up uh, a medicine cabinet and saw a little pile of cigarettes that someone had been hiding. And then we, like, walked through the storm looking for a bodega. Like, we braved it. We braved the storm to try to find an open bodega for cigarettes. And I was terrified. I'm not going to lie. You could, make a, you could make an entire HBO series like Treme just about... The aftermath of Hurricane Sandy when we were trying to find cigarettes. Just kidding. That's offensive. But I still think that it was really hard. It was a wild time. So, yeah, those were times in my 20s I miss. The hurricanes, the blackouts, the um, kisses in the dark, 
be wasting cigarettes and having you and Holly scream at me. And I don't know if I'll get that in my 30s. I I miss the community of my early 20s. But what I think is funny is how my parents got together when they were really young. They had us when they were super young. When my parents were my age, they had two kids at this point. I can't believe I thought I was going to have kids and be married at 31. I know. I don't know how to make myself a good cup of coffee. I know how to make coffee. Okay, well, that is yikes. No, I know. My mom also had two kids by now, and I'm just like, wait, what in God's name? Because I literally am, like, accidentally investing in cryptocurrency when I'm in debt, so I don't, like, understand how I would care for anything. Although I did almost text you right before this podcast and say like okay what if we fostered a dog you and i and the dog was pregnant and then it had puppies and then we raised puppies together like just for a fun like thing to do in the summer yeah i would love to do that i mean my dream is to one day live on a communal farm and have you next door yeah I'm so down. Then i can pop over and say will you take care of my children for a week i want to go to atlantic city and burn shit down because i just got i just went through a painful divorce and you'd be like, yeah, of course. No, I would be like, okay, they'll stay with their dad. I am coming to Atlantic City. We are talking about breakups today. Speaking of my future painful divorce. Speaking of Atlantic City. We just wanted to talk about, we get so many questions about, should I break up? Should I stay together? Should I go on his social media still? Or should I throw my phone into the ocean? And so we got the opportunity to talk to a breakup coach who is a pro at knowing what to do in these situations. But we realized after the fact that we haven't yet on our podcast touched on leaving an abusive or an emotionally abusive situation. And I mean, I think I can speak for Devin and myself when I say we do not feel like we have the authority or that we can step on a soapbox and say how to exit a situation that is um, emotionally belittling uh, or, God forbid, physically dangerous. Um, We want to someday talk to someone who um, can give us advice on how to do that ourselves or how to talk to a friend who is going through that. But it's interesting because it reminds me of the, the clip from the Gail King FKA Twigs interview that we actually posted on our Instagram, which was Gail King saying, and and to Gail's credit, she said, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if this is appropriate to ask, but why didn't you leave? And FK Twigs replies, I think we have to stop asking that question. And I know you're asking it out of love, but I'm just going to answer. I'm not going to answer that question anymore because the question should really be to the abuser. Why are you holding someone hostage with abuse? And I, I loved this point. I thought this was so powerful. She said, people say it can't have been that bad because you would just leave. You would have left. And it's actually because it was that bad that I couldn't leave. It just reminds me, it just makes me think of being in, in the eye of a tornado and people saying, like, get out. Like, walk away from the, the eye of the tornado that's encompassing your whole life. Yeah, I totally agree, Carolina, with everything that you just said. And I I think the reason that FK Twigs 
clip went so viral is because it's still so prevalent for people to respond to situations of abuse by saying, why did that person stay or they should have just left or if, like you said, if um, if it really was that bad, they would have just left. I think that's still like a really common sentiment. And so I I almost don't even blame Gail or some people for for thinking or asking that because it's so like mainstream in our consciousness. So that's why I think it was so important and like powerful that FKA Twigs explained why that question shouldn't be asked. Well, it was also it's also the idea that abuse is a female problem. It's not a male problem. What are we going to yeah. do about it? How are we going to get out of these relationships? Because it's on us to protect ourselves from abuse rather than on abusers to stop being fucking monsters. I think if most people were to stop and like reflect on their past relationships or if a lot of people were to stop and reflect on that or even just like hookups or casual things, most of us have an experience that we can't explain why we stayed in it for so long. Yes. Like most of us have an experience where we talk about a behavior that happened and people are like, really? You put up with that? Why? Or like just someone we kept going back to or and it, it, it feels at least speaking for myself from personal experience, it's it feels inexplicable. Like it feels like I don't know. It, it's a mystery to me, too. Like, I don't know why that was so hard to to see. But um, so, yeah, I think that we like to separate ourselves from these narratives like that would never happen to me. I'm not that type of person. And I think that's like a huge part of the problem because that it's not about a type of person. It's not about like the the victim at all, really. It's about the perpetrator. So yeah, I watched an Oprah Amy Schumer interview where they were both saying that they they almost didn't believe they were victims of abuse because they had an idea of what a victim of abuse looked like. And right. they thought, I'm not her. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a few things. A, I get nervous talking about this subject on the podcast because I've had so many amazing boyfriends that I worry that people think that I'm speaking on behalf of all men when I'm really speaking about specific experiences that some women go through that have nothing to do with the women who are going through it. Anyone yeah. reacts that way. The human mind is very vulnerable. And I also think that I think about the Ryan Adams New York Times expose. And I read that expose three times because I had never heard someone being condemned for emotional abuse in a major publication and belittling someone and threatening to hurt himself if they had if they didn't if they left or or wouldn't leave a, a room to call him and and um I just thought that's not physical abuse but it's similar to some weird manipulative conniving dynamics people go through and it also reminded me of how we don't know what someone's relationship looks like ever and because we're not alone with that couple and how as a friend sometimes the most loving thing you can do is being there no matter what and and not passing judgment on some on why someone is staying and only encouraging that person that you are there no matter what. And I think that um, people, I hope our listeners have been listening to this podcast long enough to know that both Devin and I would never judge someone who's having trouble leaving an unhappy relationship. Yeah. I think people often stay in things too long. I, I rarely hear about someone leaving before they should. Right. Like at the exact right time and, and having no regrets. Even though my last two relationships were had really healthy breakups and we didn't 
but that was because of my early my very early relationships when we really fought the process of ending things and and um and when i was in you know college and my very early 20s i i didn't know that endings could be okay so i we me and my partners at that time fought them until they were really ugly i think all of this is to say that this interview that we did um that you'll hear on on this episode today was really just like a light and fun conversation that we really enjoyed about pretty much like basic breakup stuff and relationships ending that aren't as complicated as the ones we just talked about where there's abuse involved and we wanted to clarify that and and clarify that it is important to us to discuss more complicated and dangerous situations and more layered issues within uh, the umbrella of leaving a relationship. So we will make a commitment to do that. Um, but we also really loved this conversation and we're excited for you guys to hear it. I also want to just go over some listener questions before our interview begins. Yes. We have some really good ones. One is from uh, Maria. She says, hello, Carolina and Devin. I was wondering if you could talk about saying I love you to someone first and not hearing it back. <laughs> I have too much experience with this. She says, I've been dating someone on and off for about a year, but it's gotten more serious over the last few months. And yeah, I love the guy. OK, I told him recently and he said, while he has strong feelings for me and is committed to continuing to evolve our relationship, he's not quite ready to say it to me yet. I told him I was proud of how I felt and that I wanted to share it with him, but my ego is a bit bruised. How do you cope with feeling insecure about not hearing it back at the same time? I'm trying to stay grounded and that people express love in different ways and feel comfortable and feel comfortable saying it at different rates. I should trust that he will get there if our relationship continues to progress as it is. Because it's loving and wonderful, but it's hard. Obviously, I've been through this multiple times because I can't. I, I've only now in my early 30s been able to not say something that's on my mind. But this relationship sounds great. I love how he responded. I love that he was honest. That means that when he does say I love you, you can really take that in because he's not saying it blithely. He's not saying it just to keep things even keel. He wants to build a really good foundation with you. And it sounds like this relationship is progressing. I sometimes have treated I love you's like, okay, we should say I love you now so I can feel safe. And I have loved the people I've said I love you too. But one thing that sounds wild, but that I am okay with, and I think it's weird thinking it from a female perspective from than from a male perspective, is what if my love for someone doesn't have to be at the perfect time for them? What if it doesn't have to be reciprocated immediately for it to be a good relationship? So I, in my last relationship, I knew I was in love with this person, I think within a month of dating them. I was just head over heels. And I knew they weren't there yet. And that sounds insane, but I just knew it. And and when I said it to that person a few months later, which I was like, okay, it was actually because North Korea had like a nuclear missile or something. And I was worried that the world was going to end before I told it to them. So I told it to them and um, Kim Jong-un, I guess, heard that and decided not to launch a nuclear missile. But I was as you're describing, so insecure afterwards. I think I even texted Devin. I was just like, oh, why, 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 why did I do this Nancy Kerrigan voice? 
what if I loved him at that point and he wasn't ready to say it back? And he said a very similar thing to what your boyfriend said. And what if that's okay? Yeah. If I truly love someone, can I seek to love them first? And can I be okay with that? And I can I love them without being self-seeking or needing it back immediately? Sort of, can I love them for free? Yeah, I think that this one is, Caroline is at a much more evolved place with stuff like this than I am <laughs> because I relate so strongly to this email, but I... I still am very much like stuck on ideas like if you know, then, you know, so like just say it if you know, you know what I mean? Like I still fall into those patterns a lot where I feel like Lorelai Gilmore in the episode of Gilmore Girls where Here we go. she talks to Luke and they're like engaged, but they haven't set a date for the wedding. They keep pushing it off and she like comes to talk to him in the middle of the night and she's like let's go to vegas right now let's elope right now like let's get married right now and he's kind of hesitates and she basically is like if you're not ready now then you don't love me enough and i don't want to go through with this at the time that i first watched that or i guess i should say the first seven or so times that i watched that episode i thought that she was like crazy and i I was like, well, okay, that's so unfair. You can't just like go up to someone in the middle of the night and be like, marry me now, whatever. I still now at this point, like, I kind of feel like, well, he should have been able to. I love that proposal. Yeah, like, I I don't know. I do feel like the person you're with should be able to say after a certain point, they should be able to say whether they want to like be with you forever or not. But I will say at the beginning, like at the very early on process that you're talking about in this email, I, I don't think that's the case. I think it, it takes people a lot of time to catch up to each other with this stuff. And I also think that um, it depends so much on like your past experiences and it past like who knows if this person you're with had past experiences saying they love someone that didn't work out and, and who knows. So I think that I agree with Carolina. This sounds like a great partner who had a great response to you. I love how you said that you're proud of how you felt and that you said it. I totally agree that it's a beautiful thing that you shared that and like that's all you should look at it as. Um, and the the thing that I always try to remember is like these are the facts and that's that's all I have to work with. I don't have to create a narrative otherwise. So like the fact yes. is you love this person and you told them that. And you're happy. You're in a happy relationship with them. This person said that they have strong feelings for you. So like you don't have to go into narratives of like what I would tend to do, which is like well, then does he not love me as much as I love him? And then like, well, what am I just like waiting for the bomb to go off where he says he's not whatever, like all that stuff is a waste of time because that will be revealed eventually and you don't have to control it. So just like try to be present, like you said, with feeling proud of how you feel and and just trust the process as as hard as that is sometimes. There was someone recently who I heard talking about how she loved her husband more than he loved her and she didn't care. They have two kids. She said something like, I know he'll think that if he was here, he would say, what are you talking about? I love you so much. And she was like, no, I'm obsessed with him. I get so excited when he texts me. Da, 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 da. I think that sounds like a really happy relationship. And I would just guard against when you're mad or when you guys have a small thing, not blowing it up to, oh, this is because I love you and you don't love me because that's also a narrative to get stuck in. That's also what I always say when Carolina and I disagree about what we're going to talk about on the podcast. I say, oh, this is because I told you I loved you and you said you don't love me. Oh, isn't that so funny? What if that happened with friendships where I was like, um, 
When in reality, girls say I love you like after one night, like drunk in a bathroom together. I know. I was going to say it, it definitely has happened to me where like I'm not really close with, with a girl and she'll say like, OK, love you, girl. And I'm like, oh, shit, shit. No, you don't. Slowly slither out of the room, walk away backwards in slow motion, please. No, no, no. So yeah. I we have another quick question before we go to yes. our interview. This one is from Emily. She says, Carolina and Devin, I have a question. I, I have been seeing this guy from Tinder for a couple of months and went in not wanting a relationship because I'm only 20. Okay, wow. And we'll be moving, moving to New York this summer. Okay, congratulations. Best decision you've ever made. However, I seem to have caught stupid feelings and found myself getting super jealous when he went on a trip to the beach with six of his female friends this last weekend. Okay. Hmm. I know he had a history with one and didn't know how to address my feelings with him without sounding clingy. I find myself wanting commitment, but not a relationship, which seems unfair of me, but I don't know how to handle it. Help. So basically, she's like having a casual thing with this person, but then noticed herself feeling jealous, even though they're not in a relationship, which I, I definitely have experience. Of course. With. I want to talk about something my therapist told me. Okay. So when a woman has an orgasm with a man, Yes. She is, regardless of whether she wants to be or not, the oxytocin that is set off during that orgasm makes her attached to him emotionally for three weeks. And I'll explain why. When you were a cave girl and you met a cave boy back in the cave, the cave days. <laughs> if you've ever seen The Leftovers, you know what we're talking about. Hey, if you ever seen The Flintstones... You know what we're talking Back about. Back in the Flintstone days when there was cave women and cavemen and they had a good time together, there was no such thing as a pregnancy test. What? And there wasn't great birth control. What? So basically, for History three is weeks, crazy. Can I just say that? History is crazy. Okay, go ahead. For three weeks, the woman didn't know whether she was pregnant or not. She was waiting for her next period. We've all been there. We've definitely been there. For those three weeks, she was thinking about how she might have to couple up with this guy so he could protect her and her baby. For men, after they have an orgasm, how long are they emotionally attached to the woman? Three days. Obviously, this doesn't apply if they're in love or committed. Wait, I've never even experienced like three seconds. Okay, yes, you have, but... That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying like it seems more like three seconds. So some of this... I'm just saying can be biology. Some of it's physical. It explains why you can be hooking up with a guy, not liking him at all, and still wanting him to reach out to you. And it's why, quote unquote, good dick is a prison. Yeah. So what's that quote from? I actually think my mom told it to me. Okay. So I completely understand the situation. I will say I would get your feelings down on paper. Because sometimes it is, it's also scary to be making a big move like this. So sometimes we yes. reach for something and just something to feel stable. And, and we want um, a relationship during times that we feel really insecure about other things. What is New York going to be like? What is my career going to be like? And just acknowledge what you emotionally want. And also, it sounds like you're very cognizant that your feelings and um, intentions aren't matching up. And that's okay. You can be jealous. You can be annoyed. It will not kill you. 
but I've been in situations before where I have let my confusion play out in a situation that's ended up hurting the other person. So I've been very murky and the other person's very unclear. Like, wait, why are you telling me that I can't be with other girls, but you don't want to be with me? Yeah, I as I've shared on the podcast before, one of my my uh, clearly stated concerns about moving from New York to L.A. was, as I said to many friends, I knew I had a crush in New York, but I didn't know if I would have a crush in L.A. So that freaked me out. And at the time when I moved, I was like engaging in all this self-destructive behavior and like doing old just kind of like stuff that I thought I had matured past and my therapist pointed out that I was probably looking for distractions because I Devin was dressing up as a Teletubby and going to Teletubby conventions and she was like I thought I was over the Teletubby I thought I was done with this I thought I would never put the Teletubby suit back on I thought I would never have a heat stroke in a Teletubby suit again but there I was, I call, I'm like emergency session, SOS therapist. Okay, I'm in the Teletubby suit and yeah, I had a heat stroke and yeah, now I'm back awake drinking water. What do I do? Um, <laughs> no, but, but it was a really helpful piece of advice. She basically was like, sometimes if you have like a big overarching, overwhelming problem, you look for like little distracting problems to be like, oh, I can just focus on wow, this. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like I'm being immature. I'm doing this stupid stuff. And she was like, that's not the real issue. The real issue is that you're like doing a really big deal of a thing, which is moving across the country, which is really exciting. But you're like overwhelmed. So you're looking for a distraction. Anyway, that was like one of the most helpful pieces of advice I've ever gotten. And I do think that like sticking with your instincts and not adding confusion to a situation is for the best. And if you're meant to be with this person, that will be revealed. And I mean, it seems like you're doing the right things because instead of like reacting when you were jealous about this weird trip he went on with six female friends, which, by the way, interesting. Is he <laughs> is he the next bachelor? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, is he in uh, La Jolla, California? No, I just think, yeah, like instead of reacting, you reached out for help, which is great. And just keep doing that. And welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. Welcome to New York. Welcome to New York. Boys can be with boys. Girls can be with girls. Yes, that is from civil rights icon Taylor Swift. Wait, is that in the song? Yes. Oh, dang. Okay. We are going to be right back with an amazing interview that I am going to play next time I meet a guy who judges me for my Teletubbies background. Yes. We'll be right back. I want you. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Welcome back to True Romance. Let's get into our guest for the day. So today on True Romance, we have a very exciting guest who is an expert, expert people, not like me and Devin, on all things break up. She's a breakup coach and host of the popular podcast Breakup Boost. Please welcome to the pod, Trina Leckie. Hey, welcome. guys. <laughs> How are Thanks you? Thanks for being with us. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. I think a lot of our listeners and I myself had never heard of a breakup coach before. And we were wondering, is this a field that exists or do you realize that there was a niche that was missing? Well, when I first came up with the idea, I had never actually heard of it. And I thought, oh, my God, this is genius. <laughs> so I got really excited about it. I had Googled it later and then discovered that there was some other people doing it as well. But I think it's just over the last couple of years, it's got more popular. I think a lot of people see breakup coach on Instagram or something, and then they suddenly think, oh, I could do that too. And then it just kind of, <laughs> you know, everyone suddenly has that career, you know? <laughs> right. But yeah. yeah, so that's kind of how it went down. It's brilliant because it's like, I need someone to tell me how to work out. Like I need to go to a class or take a YouTube video or something. And then I feel like when an end of a relationship is happening, you just feel like this. I have no idea where to begin. Yeah, especially because when you're the one going through it and when you're the one in it and it's your emotions, you can't think straight. Right. Right. And, right. You know, so many people, it's so easy to give other people advice and tell them, oh, well, just this or that or, you know, do this. And it's so different when you're the one in it. Right. And it's the kind of thing where you can't even remember how bad it felt at the time when you're going through it and unless you're actually in it at that moment you know because it's the worst feeling heartbreak sucks <laughs> it is the worst feeling possible and I think that we've all been in situations where we know the right thing to do in a relationship or in a breakup and we just cannot do it 
we just cannot like we're I'm just like no I know I'm doing the wrong thing or I know that this is not going to work out but I just there's not a there's physically and emotionally not a way for me to do anything different because my emotions are running so high yeah exactly well a huge part of it is confidence and the thing is there's such a difference between if you really do value yourself and you really do believe you deserve better you're going to be more likely to walk away from a bad situation. It's when you don't feel like you actually do deserve more. You know, it's one thing I say, it's one thing to go click, I deserve the world on Instagram posts, right. but are you actually living <laughs> that life, right? <laughs> and That's so confidence real. is everything. You know, it, it all boils down to confidence. Yeah. I know it's hard, like, even since we started this podcast, I feel like you know, not to humble brag, but sometimes people will write in and say, like, thank you for giving this advice about this specific thing on the podcast. It really helped me. Or like, thank you for talking about this. And I always think like, okay, some of these things, I know the advice and I can give the advice, but I can't necessarily practice it in my own life because it's so much harder. Mm -hmm. I know. I think on one podcast episode, I said something like, go out there and just like, you can do it. And I can't wait to just go out after the pandemic and just flirt with guys. And I was literally lying in my bed the other night thinking about like, okay, I'll wear that outfit. I'll go to a bar. No, I'll go home. (laughs) That is terrifying. Were you always someone that your friends like relied on for breakup advice? I feel like Carolina was always the person for me that I immediately call if I had any like relationship problems. Um, are, were you that person for many of your friends? Did that like contribute to your career path? Um, I don't think it really contributed to my career path, but I kind of was always the voice of reason, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like the way I am. I'm a straight shooter. And a lot of mm-hmm. people, they're scared to be too honest. They're scared. Oh, I can't say this because this person's going to be mad. And I'm just very direct and honest, yet compassionate, you know, so um, I like offering my advice because I don't like seeing people struggle and suffer, you know, and I think if you're a really true friend, you're gonna you're gonna do that. So yeah, um, it kind of just yeah, it's it's not that that influenced me. But it was funny because a lot of people would always be like, you're so good at this, you should be a coach, you know, and so <laughs> or there'll be pe- or there'll be people I'll meet just randomly or through another work thing, and they don't even know I'm doing this. And then they just start divulging everything to me. And then <laughs> by the end of it, they're like, you should do this for a living. I'm like, actually, I do. They're like, what? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. That's so so it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> was there a particular heartbreak experience that you went through or watched someone else go through that? That led to this work. I, I I went through a really bad breakup in New York that was borderline famous. I, and I mean, some people I didn't know came up to me saying, "I went. I'm I'm going through a breakup right now, and it's really bad." And I heard you went through a really bad one. And I would like light a cigarette and be like, "Sit down, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up, because it's gonna be a doozy." <laughs> For me, no, like clearly I've I feel like I've pretty much experienced everything, like everything hellish you could imagine and good things and everything in between. But and a lot of people, it's funny because they'll say, Oh my god, you must have really got your heart broken. And I'm just like, um, excuse me, haven't we all? Like everybody's got their heart broken. Whether you broke up or you're the one breaking up, like your heart's still gonna get broken, right? So yeah. I was actually in a really good place when I came up with this idea because even if I was in a really low place or like sulking a bit, I wouldn't even have the motivation or energy to start this, you know? So mm-hmm. it basically just stemmed from a place of knowing, like knowing how 
much it sucks to go through it and wanting to just to be a support system because I know there need there's people need support out there. You know, they yeah. just they just do. I think Devin and I talk about this a lot and it's something that I find really interesting, which is if I figure out this part of my life, I have room for other parts. So it's like it's sort of like if you're sick, right? And I have to get healthy so I can I can go to work and I have and so I can explore hobbies and explore like you were saying like a career path and and be healthy enough for those things. And so one of the reasons Devin and I wanted to start this podcast is because these things and we've had it ourselves can consume you if you don't know what to do. Or yeah. it's like I've had issues with food over my life over the course of my life that I've been really serious. And when I look back on them, I'm like, thank God I'm healthy now because that took so much of my time. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like it just, it sucks the life out of you. I mean, I know when I've gone through my own breakups or relationship problems, even you don't have any energy. You feel so low. Your anxiety's through the roof, <laughs> you know, like you can't concentrate and you don't, you, you just don't feel like yourself anymore. And so, yeah, it's, it really puts a damper on everything it's a rippling effect you know it's going to affect everything it's not like okay all this stuff sucks but then I'm just going to be so amazing and chipper in the rest of my life like it's just it affects everything right so yeah what if you had to describe your approach to breakups in three words what would they be definitely <laughs> just do it by Nike <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that's a good one actually um definitely no sugarcoating Mm -hmm. um compassionate and empowering because I'm all about it's not just with me it's not just about getting you through this breakup it's about fixing everything within and building yourself up from within and not feeling like you even need somebody that bad you know so many people are just like oh my god I need to find someone and oh I'm at this age I need to find someone and there's like this panic and family mm -hmm. and societal pressure and all these things going on and you know it's just it's just not necessary. <laughs> yeah. We ask a lot of our guests this question. What was the best piece of relationship or breakup advice that you've given and that you've received? Okay. So in terms of given, there's just, I mean, there's endless pieces, right? Because there's just so many parts. But I would say one of the key pieces is that I would give people is go with the flow of life. Mm -hmm. Right. Stop trying to force things that aren't working. It's just right. a dead end. It's you're wasting time. Right. So just be confident that, you know what, this isn't working because something else better is down the road where you're being redirected to something else, you know, and you when you can actually get in that mindset and actually live that way, your life is so much easier and you're going to be more free. But it's hard to get to that point for a lot of people because you can tell them that and they're like, oh, yeah. But then two seconds later, they're like, oh, my God, panicking again, you know, in terms of something that. I saw a piece of advice that I got that really resonated with me. I would say that it was something I read one day and this is before I started breakup coaching, but it, in terms of accountability, because so many times, like I've been in situations in the past where, you know, you end up saying, oh my God, like I did all these things for this person or they did this to me again and oh, they're not doing this and they're not doing that. They're not listening. They're not they don't care on and on and on. But it's like, wait a second, but you have the choice to be in that relationship. Right. So it's always a choice, right? So when that really set in, it's like a real aha moment. And then it's also very empowering because then you realize, wait a second, I actually don't have to settle for this crap. It's my choice. Yeah, that is something that Carolina definitely uh, has told me a few times is like, 
you can either stay and deal with this or you don't have to. And it is so simple. But at the times that she said that to me, like my mind was blown because I was like, no, this is my life. And I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, when I was like in my very early 20s, this is like 10 years ago, I was like you said, just caught up in the okay, then he did this. And so then I was forced to say this. And then, right. you know, we were screaming at each other in the middle of the street at 2 a.m. And I remember I talked to my friend about it, expecting her to be like, what? Oh, my God. And then, oh, my God, he is the worst. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then what really affected me is that she just smiled and nodded and said, okay, well, you can keep doing this or you don't have to. And I was like, and then she literally had to go. So she hopped in a cab and oh went away. Oh, my God. And I was like, um, <laughs> Sounds like a movie. It was. Yeah. It was a life-changing moment. Because I was... And it's the advice that I pass on to everyone. Like, people, yeah, will be like, I'm trying to get my ex sober or I'm trying to whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, you can figure out how to get someone who's cheating on you to... You know, if you really want this, if you think that this is meant to be... And I've seen people get married who have had really toxic courtships. I'll be like, good for it. Go, go do it. But it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of emotional energy that could be spent elsewhere. And you don't have, no one's forcing you to. But um, I was going to say that I love your go with the flow thing because I think for me, one of the hardest things about breakups is that I'm a planner. Like I love going on Zillow. I love looking at houses. I... I'm not even like a huge wedding person. Like I don't like the princess gowns or anything, but I like the idea of planning a party. Yeah. And so I even like I could see myself eloping, but I still like to plan the elopement. So basically what I'm saying is I have this fantasy that I'll I'll try and force even when it's clear that life is not heading in that direction. And that's the hardest part is like mourning that dream a little bit. Well, but then a huge problem with that, too, is like you said, it's that it's an event. It's a one day event. There's so much more that people don't even think about. They're thinking about, you know, uploading engagement photos and planning this wedding and checking off that box. There's so much about checking off that box when people are completely clueless, like they don't really realize, wait a second, the next day, if we had problems, wait a second, they're still there. Only we're legally tied. And now we can't even just break up. We're like literally have to go through this big rigmarole and hire lawyers and on and on. And I'm like, there's just so much involved. People don't know what they're getting themselves into for the most part. And it's that fairy tale that's been sold since we were kids that, you know, okay, you're going to grow up. You're going to get married. You're going to have kids. You're going to have the wedding. And it's just it's so ingrained in us, you know, especially when a woman turns like about 30, there's just this huge amount of pressure. And then go on. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, I just wish so many more people would let go of that. Because honestly, when you get older and past that, you're just like, oh, my God, thank God I didn't end up with so and so or you just it's this life that you look at life so much differently than, you know, when you're like, in your 20s or even 30s like it's just it's just you see things so much differently and it's freeing you know you don't you you want to you stay more true to yourself versus getting all caught up in something that you're getting you know you're you're getting in over your head about cuz that's that's why so many people end up getting divorced then and even if they're not getting divorced 
just because people just because fifty percent don't get divorced, it doesn't mean that they're happy. Like how many right. how many of those are actually happy? Ten percent are yeah. really happy. You know what? <laughs> Seriously, you know. <laughs> That's such a good point. I think some of the best wedding advice I got was actually from the comedian Will Ferrell, and <laughs> he said <laughs> something I love, which is that if you're going to get married, make sure both parties are really into it because Will is in that 10% of couples who are so happy and both him and his wife love their marriage are very excited about like spending time with each other. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's a rare thing. That's a beautiful thing, but it's also, you know, it's also a rare thing. And there's so many people too, who think that, you know, getting married is going to fix a broken relationship, you know, or having that baby's going to fix things or, you know, oh, they're not going to cheat on me if we're married. And, you know, like it's just it goes on and on and on. So like you really have to you have to be 100 percent invested. I'm so curious because we actually get a lot of questions about after the breakup on mm-hmm. exes. And, and what are your thoughts on staying in contact with an ex? My thought is if you don't like if you don't actually want to move on from your heartbreak and you want to stay stuck, sure, stay in contact, you know. <laughs> Talk them and call them and text them and on and on and on. You know, the key to moving on from a relationship is no contact. You should not be in contact. And so. And that includes viewing their social media and their friends' social media. And their Venmo and their PayPal (laughs) and their their Poshmark. (laughs) Their Poshmark. Poshmark. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's uh... so hard. It's like I do try to have no contact. But every breakup that I've been through, I've been like, that's my thing. I, I'm going to we're going to have no contact. And that's I know that's the best way to do it. And that's how we're going to do it. And then every time it's just so hard because I don't know, like this feeling just comes over of sometimes it's like, did I make a mistake? But other times it's like, what if this person's not OK? What if they need me like that codependent thing? And I had a, a friend one time give me the advice of like, you already because I was like this person needs me they keep calling me they keep texting me like I have to respond I'm worried about them and she was like you already did the right thing you you were honest with this person and said you don't want to be in a relationship with them anymore so that's all you have to do like why would you have to keep talking and I was like oh yeah I I guess that's (laughs) true but it's just hard when someone reaches out to you I think that it's just even harder to set a boundary but I do agree that it's the only way to safely move on well that's the thing and that's why you know that's why i often say like after a breakup you should literally block the person it's not so much like it's all hostile and you know a lot of people say oh it's immature and petty that's just because they don't have the strength to do it right that's those are the people who are saying that because it's too easy to get caught up it doesn't matter what you say to yourself or the self-talk it's too easy to get caught up again if someone reaches out and you know you could think well oh i don't think i hear this all the time people say Oh, well, I, I don't think they're going to reach out. It's like, okay, yeah, just block them that. You know, like you have to block them. You're just trying to rationalize, make excuses for why you're not blocking it, you know, and it's just, you don't want to get into a point where, okay, you made it 30 days and you're feeling so much better and then suddenly you got sucked back in or maybe you mm-hmm. went out drinking one night, you end up at their house and you sleep with them. Like, it's just bad decisions, you know, like, yeah, you know, and so no contact, it's for yourself right? And that's how it should be looked at. You have to prioritize yourself. And 
that's what, you know, it's just, it's a world of difference. Like so many people who, who reach out to me and they just think, oh, I can't do it. I'll never get through. And I just like, you have to do it, right? The second they break no contact, they regret it. So it's either like, you know, but it once they do it, they're like, oh my God, that I, I can't believe it worked. <laughs> you know, it does work. You just need the time and distance to get your emotions in check and get that clarity. And it's, it's amazing. It makes a world of difference. I so. love that. And I'm a huge proponent fan champion of blocking. I think it's <laughs> such a healing thing to do. And I totally hear you when you say some people think it's petty or immature. And that's what used to in college and stuff. I just wanted my ex to know that, oh, I don't care if you see me. In fact, like, I'm so over it that you can watch these pictures of me, like with my arm around some guy at a party. Like, I, <laughs> I but then all of my energy would be to putting up this front and and basically like posting revenge pics or look how much fun I'm having or etc. And I realized that I was scared to look petty only to them. No one else is following my social media movements, you know? And so, yeah, I block, I block their friends. And that was something that used to scare me too, was like, then their friends will think I'm being crazy. And it's like, who cares? Again, like this is for me. This is for me not to stop looking back because I want to make space for what's to come. And exactly, exactly. And the friend thing too. What one thing that really annoys me is, say a girl contacts me and her boyfriend cheated on her, and her friends are still connected with this girl's boyfriend and social media. I'm just like, what kind of friends are these? Like, get this, I know. get rid of this guy. Even if he didn't cheat, get rid of him. Like, put yourself in in her shoes. You know, stuff like that just irks me because I don't think that's cool. But. <laughs> yeah. One of the hardest parts of breakups for me is that you do end up spending a lot of time with your boyfriend's friends. And so when you break up, it's like, and it's happened to me in every single breakup since I was literally 16, 17 is you're, you feel like I'm not just breaking up with this partner. I'm not just getting dumped by this partner. What do I do on Saturdays that we would spend the whole day together with their friends? And so I have to say goodbye to them too. And, and it's sort of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're your friends first or whatever. I mean, that's something mm -hmm. I'm interested. What is your perspective on that in terms of like the separation of things? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not easy. Um, but it's just, it's part of it. It's just like the same thing could be said for family. People get attached to families, you know, and then, yeah. You know, people contact me and they're saying they're still in contact with their ex's parents and on and on. It's just like, this is just not good, you know, and the parents should be shouldn't be doing that either. It's kind of just, you know, yeah, it sucks, but you kind of have to cut ties. Like, you know, if it's different if you're a couple and then you have mutual friends that you met together, of course, you know, you're going to still stay in contact with that. But I think if, you know, if if people are really close friends with your ex, I think it just makes things awkward unless you're you guys are totally cool with everything and there's no awkwardness and and the person doesn't care if you're friends with them that could be a different story but if things are sticky then i don't think it's it's a smart idea it just seems to cause a lot of drama I yeah yeah i think the also the social media thing it really can be like a drug like it's like a hit look at, looking up the person and seeing what they're doing is like a hit of <laughs> of some kind of like 
dopamine. <laughs> yeah, like just like a high. It gives you like a, a brief high and then this like immediate like come down emptiness feeling. Um, so I think that it that is so hard. And the only way to do the only way to avoid that sometimes is just like fully delete the app because there are so many ways now to get to someone's profile. Like, I don't know. Um, or see like, you know, other people posting pictures of them. So yeah, sometimes I guess deleting is the only answer. Yeah, it just seems like for the most part, if you can get through one week, that's a huge, like right at the right. beginning. If you can get through one week, then you build from there in two weeks, eventually you lose that urge. It's just that beginning right. part that's so hard. It's just like, it's a breaking an addiction, right? It's just yeah. like suddenly if yeah. you were addicted to drugs and then you go cold turkey or alcohol cold turkey, I mean, that beginning period is going to be the most difficult. So mm-hmm. you kind of just have to, you know, suffer through it. But um, yeah, there's no easy. It just takes a lot of willpower. And I think I always tell people, you know, if you have that urge, stop yourself in that moment and just like mm-hmm. get in the pattern of stop yourself and say, okay, why am I doing this? Is this really a good idea? And I'm going to feel worse. Probably. Okay. Like, don't just act like think first, you know, right. <laughs> it helps. Took me 30 years to realize I didn't have to do everything I thought of. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought about doing this and oops, I'm here. We have to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more true romance. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melody, 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Welcome back to True Romance. When do you recommend, like, yeah, it's time. When you're literally dreading hanging out with the person or dreading things about the person, right? When you start bickering all the time, I mean, that's not pleasant. Um, When you feel like you're distancing yourself, maybe you're making excuses not to see them. You're not putting any effort anymore. You're suddenly busy with friends or just want to stay home. Um, You're feeling really irritable. I know a huge one for me is an extreme amount of anxiety when I'm not in a good Mm -hmm. situation and you just you wake up with the anxiety you go to bed you can't sleep it's the worst feeling and you know what it's so important to pay attention to your body like if you're feeling anxious and and low energy and all that that is your body telling you this is not a good situation for you you need to make some changes you know so we really got to pay attention to that because you know, and because I know like even after, you know, you go through the breakup and all that, you can still be f- experiencing anxiety, but then it, it it like eases up and then suddenly you're like, I feel like myself again, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, thank God you can breathe again. And yeah, so I would say really pay attention to to how you're feeling physically. It's just like the same thing, like when you're all in love and happy and you're just like, oh, my God, I have so much energy. I'm so happy. I don't even want to sleep. I just want to talk to this person all the time. It's amazing mm-hmm. the shift it takes, right? So, yeah, pay attention to how you're feeling. I was just, it's so funny that you mentioned that because I had a flashback this week to, I think I was a senior in college and I was dating this guy and, and it was just very volatile. And um, he was, he had been upset with me, but then I I was going on Christmas break to see my family. So I went to Santa Fe with my family. It was this beautiful vacation but the whole time I was freaking out about this guy being mad at me. And so I was trying to take calls whenever I could to check in with him. I, I was waiting for him to respond to my text. I was worried that he was emotionally cheating on me. So I was trying to maintain contact as often as possible. And I remember getting on the plane to go back to New York to see him. And I, I couldn't wait for the plane to land so I could turn on my phone and text him. And it was like this body feeling of like, the plane has to land because I have to turn on my phone because I have to text him and make sure that like we're still together and everything's okay. And, and I I think sometimes you can mistake those feelings for attachment or love, but it's like what you were saying. It was not a good feeling. It was all anxiety. Mm -hmm. And this was someone who was supposed to make my life easier by being attached to. And yeah, it was like heart palpitations, like having to calm down, trying to make sure I looked amazing, like going to see him right after I got you know, after I landed, when in reality, what you really want to do is just like go home and shower and go to bed. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, for that, you know, we always talk about red flags and other people, but we also have to really pay attention to those red flags within ourselves. And so those would be red flags within yourself, you know, and it's almost like this person's consuming you, right? And um, your life revolves around this person and that's not healthy. But it's so we, I think we've all gone through that. (laughs) I think we've all, it's so easy to get into that pattern you know and then people also they get so scared of the thought of losing someone because they're like oh my god I could never go through that pain again and that can cause you to overthink everything too Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely have been in those situations where everyone's like, you know, it should still be like mostly good when you're <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're in a relationship, it should actually be mostly good and easy and not a uh, constant panic attack. Um, and in those situations, I've always had like the self justifications or like the excuses of like, well, I know, but it's just because like he's going through something right now and like it's just going to it's going to get better. But right now it's just like this. And I didn't know that it was possible to be in a relationship that's not like that, but it is. And I think that's really helpful advice, The like listening to your body. And if you're if whenever someone asks you about your relationship, your first response is to be like, well, <laughs> then that's a bad sign, I think. Yeah, or if you're constantly complaining about your relationship or literally gossiping yeah. about your own relationship all the time. Yes. I mean, this yes. is not good. This is not good. <laughs> yes, totally. And I think that's so common to get in that cycle of like, it's normal to just complain about this person all the or person all the time. Um, it yeah, and then be. it's also, a, exactly. And then it's also a matter of respect too, right? Like I wouldn't want some guy going with his buddies and divulging all our information or talking about me over beers. Like it's just, yeah, that's not good either, you know. So, I think there's a healthy amount of like, oh, guys, like my boyfriend's sick and he won't stop talking about how he's sick because like guys can't get a cold without like freaking out about it and being like <laughs> this fucking asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, there's I, a there's a happy medium. <laughs> there's a happy medium, but I I agree in terms of this should feel good most of the time, and I and it, and for me it's because. I get stressed about other things. Like mm-hmm. I remember the Australia wildfires. I was just, I'm a huge animal person and I, I just get really overwhelmed when I think that animals are suffering. So I was like crying. And I remember my mm. boyfriend at the time just holding me and, and I, and I, at the time, like if it had been something where I was like, and also this fucking relationship, like, yeah, I just, I can't handle being stressed about the news, being stressed about work, making sure that, you know, being stressed about my landlord. And then yeah, also having, you know, the stable part of my life be complicated. It just, I know I don't have the room. Yeah, no, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. And um, I mean, especially even at a time like this that we're going through now, it's just, it's, it, it gives you even more time to, think and worry and stress about things (laughs) which i mean isn't good but at the same time part of it is good because it can kind of make you sort sort out your life and remove things that aren't working and kind of take inventory and stuff like that well that's a question that or something that Devin and i have spoken about a lot too is the pandemic breakup and Mm -hmm. what is your opinion on that because we've obviously seen a lot of celebrities break up in the pandemic which I always think it's funny because I, it, Devin and I talk about how it indicates that you can have everything is perfect. You can both be beautiful, attractive, successful, rich. You could be able to afford to fly to Bali on a last minute's notice and spend the week together. And things can still, as as the coffee mugs say, someone somewhere is still tired of their shit. <laughs> yeah, well, the first of all, the thing with celebrities, though, it's it's everything's for image. So even on a regular day, I mean, what's true and what's not, right? Yeah. So (laughs) um, as for the pandemic, I actually think that if your relationship is actually really solid and healthy, not saying everything's perfect, no relationship is perfect, but I I believe that if it's actually solid, it can survive COVID. I just, 
And I think that the ones that aren't, it's because there's no distractions anymore. You have to spend more time with this person. You can't just run away. Maybe you're stuck in the house with them. And, you you know, it's just so easy on a regular day-to-day basis where you could just go out on the weekends or, you know, you go to work all day. There's just so much more to occupy your time and your mind. But when you have nothing to distract you anymore um, and you're faced to faced head on with your relationship problems and issues, you have to deal with them. So I actually think that's a good thing because why would you want to go on wasting your time with something that's not working and it's actually not making you happy anyway? So, mm-hmm. you know, people have to get better at letting go of things. So I think it can be a positive that, you know, people are breaking up just because if 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 they're breaking up, it's for a reason. That's another question that we had, which is on the flip side, how do you advise people to respond when being broken up with? So when it's not your choice, when you feel like despite some inconveniences that even, you know, relationship isn't perfect, you really want to keep going with it. What do you do when the other side doesn't feel the same way? The main thing is, again, you don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you. Right. Um, You can always. Yeah, you can always. (laughs) think that you're going to plan or if someone listening to this right now, they'd say, oh, well, if I was going through a breakup, I would do this. You don't know until you're in that moment how you're going to feel. You don't know how it's going to go down. You don't know what this person's going to say to you. You don't know how your emotions are going to get triggered. So that's it's it's just kind of up in the air. You kind of have to play it by ear a little bit. But the main thing I would recommend is please don't beg, plead or try to convince this person. Yes. Please don't do that. Right. It's not going to work going to push the person even further away. You have to maintain your dignity, right? Yeah, this is not easy, but you have to accept that what this person is saying, like you can't force someone to be with you, you know, and I think that it's just so important. Take that time to ask all the questions you need answers to. You don't want to then be later, weeks or months later, oh, I still need closure and like all that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you need answered? You know, it's it's pretty straightforward. Why do you want to break up? They're telling you and, you know, lots of people just they keep talking about closure because they're looking for a reason to call this person again or see them again and all that. It's like the closure is that the relationship is not working. And so, yeah, but basically do not be the person who's begging or reaching out constantly after or you know, texting or sending flowers and all that, it's going to work against you. It just is, mm-hmm. you know, people want someone who can, like, it's more attractive you, if you can pull yourself together as well. Not that you're trying to look attractive to your ex, but, you know, it's it, maintain that dignity and um, yeah. yes, feel good about yourself because then you're going to look back and you're not going to cringe at your behavior. Right. <laughs> because I think we, cringing yeah. is my um, number one hobby. But I completely agree. And I I feel like it's changed my responses to being I was dumped once in college by this guy that I was like, we are getting married. (laughs) (laughs) There's no choice. We're suffering through this together. And I'm I did the begging and the crying and they're like, what? No, we're happy. All of it. And when, you know, and then when the breakup kind of cements and, and you guys aren't in contact you're left with feeling like shit because you treated yourself like shit. You know, you, you like you, um, you degraded yourself by, by treating this person like they were the end and like th- that they were the, your end all of the race. Yeah. Yeah. Like on I a forgot pedestal. how to say end all of yeah. the which is what happened. They are your, we are your, um, <laughs> 
Yeah, because people put the, their ex on a pedestal and they're suddenly the breakup happens and they're telling themselves, oh my God, everything was perfect. I'm never going to meet anyone else again. They were the perfect match for me. Uh, and it just goes on and on and on. So that's why I always tell people you have to take a step back and be honest with yourself and, and see things for what they really are. Because if someone's breaking up with you, you're probably not happy either. You're just reacting to being dumped. And uh, that's another thing too, is when you're the one who's dumped, you think you want that person so much more suddenly because it's human nature to want what we can't have. So your mind can play tricks on you, you know, but if people look back and start really analyzing the relationship themselves, they'll realize, oh yeah, okay, this, 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 this happened. Yeah, I didn't like when he did this or she did that or, you know, on and on. And then you start to see things more clearly, but it's just there's something about the rejection that people suddenly then they they have this urgency. Oh, my God, I got to get this person back. I also have simply not been OK with someone being OK after a breakup. I know that sounds right. very um, sociopathic, but I've oh, <laughs> but just thinking like this is going to destroy them. Oh, my God. And then breaking up with some of them being like, OK, well, that was fun. I'm going to be on my merry way. I'm like. No. And then you feeling <laughs> the grief of that. You're like, wait, what the fuck is going on? I need to get them back. And and I can't believe I did that. And this relationship meant so much to me and nothing to them. And I, I think it is similar to what you're saying. You want what they, you know, you want what you can't have. And all of a sudden the relationship looks amazing to you when all of a sudden you're single and starting the process of dating again. But at the same time, I think people need to remind themselves that just because the other person seems fine, it doesn't mean they are, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean they're not hurting. It's just like you could be the one who broke up with the person and you're still hurting, but you just know you had to do it for whatever reason. So, you know, and it goes back to social media again, or even like celebrities, like we think everything's so perfect or just people in general, people are acting like their life is so perfect and happy online. And so, you know, it's just, it, there's, you have to look at things realistically and, and you know, just because this person may be posting a picture that they're out having beers with their friends or something, that doesn't mean anything. And maybe they're just doing that, like so many people are using that for a strategy to make the other person upset or jealous and just for them to think that, oh, I'm doing fine, but then they're going home and crying. So it's best just not to make assumptions. And that's why we have to go back to you know, not looking at social media and not staying in touch and not none of that, because you can take yourself off and create all these stories that aren't even happening. And then you're putting yourself in a tailspin. <laughs> uh, yeah, but these are my hobbies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. We have to ask and we please feel free to refuse to answer or we can take this out. But what is your current relationship status and how has your career impacted your love life, if at all? Okay. Um, well, my current status is I'm single and there's actually no ounce of me. I can honestly say this hundred percent that is thinking I even want to be in a relationship right now or like, oh, I'm missing out or any of that. I you know, the I'm same way. Yeah. yeah. And it's so freeing to get to that point because, you know, like I said, in the past you get so consumed. Oh my God, I need this. I need that. I need to meet mm -hmm. this person. And I don't like, no, like right now, my main thing is my business and, and, reaching my goals and my personal accomplishments because even you know you could meet someone and then things are great and just like this happened to me say like not even that long ago i was like i don't want a relationship whatever i ended up meeting this guy randomly because i'm not on dating apps i don't do it i always believe in just meeting someone unexpectedly 
Anyway, he was very attractive. We really hit it off. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to, that's the thing. I'm not going to pass up something that could, you know, if I really like the person. But then it, it bit me in the butt because, you know, things start happening. I started getting so distracted, thing, you know, um, and I just, I I felt like, oh my God, I, I put everything on the back burner for myself again. And so it just reiterated mm-hmm. like, no, this is not, I don't want to do this anymore. I've invested so many years into trying to, you know, into others. And I'm this is time for me to do for myself. And the thing is, I don't want to get married. So I, I'm not in that stage where I'm just like, oh my God, I got to get married. So that takes so mm-hmm. much pressure off right there. I'm, I'm more of, you know, just like, again, again, going with the flow of life. Like, you know, if someone comes along, that's amazing and like literally amazing, not just looks good or whatever, like, right, then sure. But if not, I don't have time for it. I don't want it anymore. I just don't care. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like if you're not going to really, you know, be the kind of person that I've I've learned that I I do that I would want that it's not worth it. Like, I don't need a guy just to have a guy. I have a very similar outlook to you right now. And, and the way I feel is that. I have to be in the position to say, I can't not date this person. I have to find someone who I feel that way about where it's like, I have to think this is too good to not be in my life. And I felt that way before in the sense of like, yeah, I have to date this person. This is too much fun. He makes me laugh too much. Uh, The chemistry is so there. And that I feel like is going with the flow as well. Exactly. No. And that's the thing where, you know, it shows like when you get everything you just said, it shows like you've learned from the past and it shows like you're setting standards. Right. And staying true to yourself and setting those standards is just so important. You know, you don't want to, you know, there's a there's a saying I like when you settle for crumbs, you're always going to be starving Mm -hmm. and don't settle. settle. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) embroidered pillow. Yeah. (laughs) We are so grateful that you gave us a freebie on this episode. I know. I feel like I just got like an hour long uh, therapy <laughs> session Aww. and and so many good pieces of advice that I can share with people in the future. Oh, are, that's great. Yeah. We are going to pass on your advice like it's our own, <laughs> but we <laughs> are definitely going to... Uh, throw people your way what is the best way for people to reach you besides of course sorry i just shouted into my mic besides of course going and listening to breakup boost on apple podcasts or wherever you find your podcast i'm on instagram at breakup boost and then breakupboost.com is my website where they can also order email or phone coaching or call the hotline i have people don't even have to book an appointment they can just call the hotline and talk to me for as little or as long as they like And yeah, it's pretty straightforward. (laughs) Well, thank you again for coming on the pod. We are thank you, Trina. And this advice is um gonna go in my mental piggy bank. Awesome. Thank (laughs) you so much. It was it was a joy to be on your podcast. Oh good. Thank you. I'm we're glad you had fun. And that was our amazing guest, Trina. I want to someday be as put together as Trina was for our interview, by the way. So we can always see our, uh, we can always of course see the person we're interviewing on zoom. Devin and I usually look like we were, we just woke up. Someone put a gun to our heads and said, get on (laughs) zoom right now. (laughs) 
I know. I the thing is, like, I always am like, okay, I'm gonna look good for the podcast today. Like, this is my one job I have right now. Like, I should like look nice. And I'm interviewing people I never met. I should look nice. And then always like it's like a series of events that that stand in the way between me and my shower. And I just can't c- cross the hurdles. So I just roll onto the Zoom and I'm like, oh, oh, oh hey, is this a Devin- true romance? <laughs> is this true romance? <laughs> it's Devin. <laughs> hey, this is Devin. Is this um happen to be true romance uh, brought to you by Big Nutty Players Network? Okay. I look like I'm wearing one of those wigs that you find in Rite Aid or right around or that you find in uh, Dwayne Reed or CVS or Rite Aid right around the time of Halloween. And so many people have already touched it that it's like all ratty in the back. I know it's actually like sickening to think about the fact that before COVID, I like went into a CVS and bought a mask like a Halloween mask and just like wore it right out of the store. Who knows how many people touch that? handshakes seem gross i can't believe i shook strangers hands disgusting i also remember one time that i went into a supermarket around halloween me and a friend and we found gorilla costumes wow we put those on immediately we ran around the store we humped stuffed animals yes i was 16 we thought that was funny and i want to be honest with you it when was I say it was i wasn't even there but it was and we proceeded to be kicked out immediately but not before purchasing those gorilla costumes and then saying, yes, we will leave right now. It's amazing to think what we were okay with when we lived in Reno, Nevada. No, I'm kidding. But that would be cool if we were from there. So we looked like trash. Trina looked stunningly gorgeous and she put up with us anyway. Yeah, she's got some great pep talks. Thank you so much for tuning into True Romance this week. We will catch you next time. And as Britney Spears said once by wearing a t-shirt and walking with her bodyguard, dump him. Yes. Thank you for listening. Bye. All I ever wanted was a little love. I want true romance. It's true. True romance. It's so romantic. Love me, baby. Don't leave me hanging. I want true. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.